Welcome to Reroll Multiple Martial Arts Podcast, where we explore the intersections between martial arts, society, and culture. I'm Elliot. Danny. And this is our second podcast. How are you doing, Danny? Good, good. Just trying to kind of keep up with the quarantine, you know, stay somewhat um, centered, kind of getting harder and harder. So, you know, we're, we're um, doing this the show, trying out different things. How are you feeling? Good, good. I think uh, this will be a good opportunity to maybe just stay engaged. Um, this being our second podcast, one of the things that I think um, helps maybe uh, is to necessarily not necessarily recap everything we talked about in the last one, but maybe just give some thoughts on um, on the podcast that we set out as a pilot. I got a chance to hear it, uh, which is always kind of weird, you know, when you hear yourself. But I was trying my best to think about um, not being invested that it was myself speaking. And one of the things that I, I thought about was just that awkwardness of feeling um, that you don't say things always correctly. So like I was listening to a statement that I made about Aikido and I said Aikido is all offense and that's inaccurate. Aikido is not all offense. Aikido is a defensive martial art. So I was like, wow, you just totally said inaccurate. You said an inaccurate statement. But I, I, I thought about later, like, hey, that's just life. You know, sometimes we're speaking and things don't come out as perfect as we wish they were. So today we wanted to talk about the different styles. And, you know, Danny, you're unique in that you've trained in a lot of different martial arts. And, you know, you can see what... I want to ask you what you learned from them or maybe not learned from them. Um, and you started off with Kenjutsuru uh, Okinawan style karate. Is that right? Yeah, that was my first uh, martial art class, I guess, formal. One of the things that's weird is not weird, but like when we ask ourselves, like, what was your first martial art class? Many of us will say, um, it was my, my big brother or my dad or my cousin or my neighbor taught us. So there were there were some martial art classes, I guess, more organically or informal before that. But I remember um, being in 13 and going to this class that was upstairs at the Marshall um, at the Salvation Army uh, Recreation Center in downtown L.A. And uh I didn't know much. I, to me, it was just karate. And uh, it was a, a style, an Okinawan-based martial art, Kajuchiru. Again, I didn't know of the families, but in, 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 in the karate family, there's a bunch of stuff. Then there's like Taekwondo, which is another style. So there's different, they're, they're not all the same, even though in the, in the United States for a long time, we called everything karate. We even called judo karate. There was like karate schools and you went in and it was a judo school. Or we did vice versa. We called everything judo. It was a judo chop, you know. So I think that's why it's kind of messy. But to the point, uh, yeah, uh, Kenjichiru, uh, it's an Okinawan uh, traditional style that I started with. And I stayed there probably about, I don't know, I want to say two, two to three years. I remember um, I stopped when I entered high school. Hmm. Why did you stop? When I entered high school, my routine changed. Like, I was bused into my high school, into the valley, 
So coming in, coming back into LA after being on the bus all day and then homework, it was kind of really interesting because it was a, an abrupt stop. Just imagine like you start school on Monday and um, the karate classes were Tuesday, Thursdays at six. And I just didn't go that that Tuesday. So um, it stopped. And before I knew it, I just wasn't I wasn't doing anything. And I didn't pick up uh, martial arts again till I started college, which was a couple years. You know, um, I would say probably like four years later, maybe four to five years later. So so um, uh, why did you start training in Taekwondo? Well, um by that time I was in college and I think most college students find themselves at their student rec center looking at the list of things. And one of the things that I saw was Taekwondo. And uh, it w also my roommate had a friend who was a black belt in Taekwondo. I would say like Olympic level Taekwondo martial artist. And that was, that's probably the most accurate of why I ended up in Taekwondo that conversation of like having a buddy who has a buddy who's talking about Taekwondo and not just talking, but he was a top level competitor, national. And when I say Olympic levels, because that's how he talked about it. He's like, I, he was trying to compete to be in the Olympics. So that was a, a level of martial artist that I had never met before. And um, so I took a couple classes. I did about a year there. Um, and that took me, I, I, I was always roving. And I ended up actually surprisingly in college, um, returning back to what I recognize as Okinawan because I remember being in that same uh, Taekwondo class at the rec center. And the rec center over there was a long uh, basketball court section that was set quadrant off for different activities. And in one end was the Taekwondo class. And I looked over to the other side and I recognized the white pajamas. <laughs> Taekwondo wore, wore the same geese, similar geese too, but I recognized these uniquely and I recognized their moves. They were doing a kata that I thought by that time I had forgotten the name, but it was a hien shodan. And I was like, oh, I remember that. It literally my memory of a 13, 15 year old kid remembered those moves. And I, I went over and it was Shotokan. And Shotokan is, is very similar. Uh, it's part of that family of Okinawan martial arts. And I started training with them too. So that was my return back to Shotokan or, or Okinawan. So did you train Taekwondo and Shotokan at the same time or you stopped doing Taekwondo? I overlapped it. Like I kept Taekwondo for a minute and then I realized that um, I just wanted to go back to something I recognized. Taekwondo was really interesting. It was um, a level of athleticism that was higher than the Kenjutsuru and Shotokan style. Um, one is they emphasized kicks. And to be more specific, the Taekwondo that I got to see, and I think most of us have gotten to see, is the one that is Olympic compatible Taekwondo. So when you spar, you see a lot of people drop their hands to their sides, which is horrible for actual fighting. But it's what you do if you're trying to compete in the Olympics. So uh, do you, when you're doing that, um, 
was Taekwondo and, and karate, did that, was that kind of complementary to each other? Did you find it conflicting, like certain stances or moves? Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I really found it frustrating that not everything transferred over. So in, the, in that time space, I found myself like, you know, remembering what I had done between the ages of, let's say, 13 and 15 or 13 and 16. And then thinking about, like, I, I knew what a roundhouse was. I knew what a front snap was. I knew what a front thrust kick was, but they had different names. Um, they also, in Taekwondo, they do forms. Uh, they don't call them katas, but they do forms. And I forget what they call them, but uh, their styles were different. So that I was stubborn. I, 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 now I realize that I really appreciated, I, I guess I, did, I was stuck on the foundation that I had built when I was 13. So that the, I wanted these very rigid, locked-in positions that they look, they're, they're not as soft when you do them in forms. You kind of hear your uniform snap because your whole body just like pops and stops. And in Taekwondo, my sensei wasn't doing telling me to do it that way. So I felt it was weak, but it really wasn't. It was just a different rhythm. So I think that's what happened with me in Taekwondo. Like, uh, in fact, I returned to it later on, uh, but that, that was just my first introduction. And, and every time I realized that it was a different rhythm, a different movement, and then the emphasis, again, on, on the kicks. They, Taekwondo has amazing kicks, uh, a level of, of coordination that I would just, I would put comparable to like gymnastics seeing people jump and do three different types of kicks in the air. We never did anything like that in Kenjutsuru or in Shotokan. So, um, so while you're doing um, Shotokan, how did you get introduced to Aikido? The same way. So Aikido, um, again, in that, in that rec center, I'm describing it as this very long basketball court with like three sections. That's where all the martial arts were at. So that when you were doing Taekwondo, you would look over and someone is doing Aikido. And you would look to the other side, maybe they're doing Judo. Um, so I was like, I always liked Aikido. I thought it was a beautiful art. It sounds actually even silly, but I liked their uniforms. <laughs> uh, the skirt, I think it's called a, um, a Kama. I may be wrong on that. Um, I just thought it was, um, it was stereotypical what a a young impressionable movie person kid would follow, like this flowingness. They fly, you know, like when when someone grabs your wrist in a keto, There's this move, and the person just flies. So I was that person that was like, I want to learn that. I want, and I, I started training with that a little bit. Um, I also returned to it later on in, in UC Riverside. We had, and we still do have, a really good Aikido program at UC Riverside. And I trained with them for a couple, I'd say like almost two years, which ended, I ended up actually doing more of their traditional weapons uh, emphasis, the Boken, the Joe. Um, and by that time, I was also, I skipped the section because when I went, when I graduated from from my college period, I came back to LA and um, I had st I had stayed training in Shotokan up north. So I down down here in LA, I found uh, a Shotokan school and run by students. But the beautiful part about the statement is that these are students that um, 
were in their 60s because <laughs> this Shotokan school was was running for like 40 years and these students just aged into senseis but they still called themselves student it was a student run Shotokan school um, but my senseis were all in their 60s 70s amazing instructors and when I found our uh, when I got accepted to uh, Riverside, I also trained here in Shotokan. They had a, Ray Dalkey had built a really great program here in UCR and Sensei Otis, Sensei Warner. Um, these people had built an amazing, and they still run a really strong Shotokan uh, uh, program here. So I, I stuck with it. But uh, in UCR, the same thing, you could do all of them. So I, I found myself into Shotokan, Judo, Aikido. So so you really like Shotokan? Yeah, it stuck. I ended up doing it so much, I eventually uh, reached the level of Shodan, which is their first level black belt. And um, it was one of those things that I just stuck. I was stubborn. Like, I just stayed with it all through grad school. And eventually, you test and test, and then they go, there isn't any more other than black belt. You should be testing for black belt. And I'll be honest, I didn't want to do that. I was, I just... I didn't think it was something I wanted. I didn't understand it. Like uh, to me, uh, my my sense of titles has always been a, a problem. And in martial arts, I was translating that in there. Like I don't need belts. I don't need titles. But I did. Eventually, I tested and um, I achieved the level of, of Shodan, which is just level one black belt, um, which is interesting because in Shotokan, it's different to be a black belt than like in jiu-jitsu to be a black belt. Uh, did you compete in Shotokan? No, I didn't. I, I competed when I was a kid, a young man when I was 13. And that was funny because it was so awkward. Um, but as, a, as an adult, um, I didn't understand competition. Uh, the competition that I understood was it's not tag but it's a point sparring section i'm not supposed to punch you so hard in the face that your teeth pop out that that disqualifies you but i'm supposed to punch you and stop centimeters away from your lip and then the ref goes that's a full point i couldn't get into that i i know I must sound like a horrible human being but i just didn't know how to do that <laughs> like how do you spar like that Wow, that's a lot of control. That's 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 some like true uh, martial artist stuff, like some some movie stuff. So, so um, so you've also did judo. Well, well, what about traditional weapons? How does that fall into this whole like, you know, story? Well, aikido, as a martial art, it's a beautiful martial art, and it is rooted in some real difficult. I guess, like combat history. So when people think about Aikido, I think most of people think about it as like the pacifist's martial art, the martial art of peace, because they're in Aikido, you're not attacking anyone. You're defending yourself from an attack. And within Aikido, they have the, the flowing redirection, but they also have traditional weapons. So you'll learn... Uh, the Joe, which is like the, the stick, the long staff in, in Chinese martial arts, maybe they, they might call it that. Um, they have the Boken, which is the wooden sword, uh, which is a, a training uh, 
tool for the actual sword. Some people will eventually, in Aikido, train with an actual sword. Maybe not sharpened, but you it's metal. Um, and at UCR, they had a class specifically for traditional mar- uh, weapons. And you could sign up for it. And it was still Aikido, but instead of doing the break falls and the wrist locks, you were learning the, the weapons. So, um, so after that, you started doing sh- uh, judo. Yeah, I was doing, I was doing um, Shotokan, and judo was next door, and I just walked over one summer, um, and uh, Sensei Hiroka, who was he recently passed away, um, was teaching, and he just. He was such a nice dude. He's just like, come on in to take a class. And I did. And I thought it was amazing. And and I already knew judo. Or I'm say, I already knew that I appreciated judo. In um, in a lot of the martial arts circles, there's a lot of respect for judokas. There's just a lot of appreciation for the art. Uh, as you train in more of the Japanese, Budo um, area of martial arts, there's, there's this... Um, pantheon i guess or collection of of styles and judo was always one of the ones that was highly respected and i don't know if it has to do with the fact that we got to see it early on in the olympics or that we got to see it in comic books and in movies where people would fly over you know where you would just like throw people and their training was in i don't know high level difficult like the hardest I've ever seen where you would pick up your classmate and be told to run around the gym with someone on your back. You know, that type of training I hadn't seen since I was like, again, 13. Mr. Rios uh, came from an Okinawan style of hard training. And I even, I I never even saw a lot of that since that point. So when I went to judo at UCR, I recognized their training. I was like, oh, they're training just like I had seen it. 20 plus years earlier wow uh it's great that so many of these things kind of go full circle you, you know you're trying different you know different styles but it all kind of kind of comes together somehow i wonder if it comes together because of the way that you are ultimately doing something that is philosophically uh rooted in in a in the um a common point that like Martial arts, by the very nature of the term we're using, uh, it's a combat art, an art that is rooted in, for lack of a better word, fighting. But it's not right. I don't feel right calling it it's rooted in fighting. It's it's an art that may be uh, rooted in military fighting, uh, self-defense fighting, but it is it is an art that is rooted in the body exerting energy i'll use the word violence uh, whether it's to defend yourself or not and maybe that's an anchor i'm not sure i I would in fact i I would like to hear your thoughts on that like what what are your thoughts on these different martial arts like when you think about these martial arts how do you make do you feel that they're rooted in a sameness i think it's really interesting because you know I'm, i'm thinking of like how you know, the, 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 how martial arts kind of branched 
off into different styles. I mean, I don't really know the whole story about behind it, but I mean, I think it's great. I mean that, you know, for example, you know, in the, say in the, um, the Thai region, Laos region, you know, that, that style, you know, kind of, you can see the similarities in that style, Mu Muay Thai and like, um, um, the, the Myanmar style. And, um, and so, you know, and hearing you, you know, talk about karate and, and the, the, the different Japanese styles, you know, I really like, I, I, that's always been interesting. You know, judo, I've always been into, you know, judo. I think one day I would like to train in judo and I don't know, there's, I mean, I, I hate to, you know, bring it to, to, to reference Bruce Lee again, but I mean, it's, it's learning all the different kinds as much as we can and, you know, integrating the stuff that works for us and, you know, disregarding the stuff that doesn't. And I think that's like kind of beautiful. You know, I think, um, I, I think it, it's kind of like that, that, that idea that, um, we have to learn all the basics in order to break the rules. We have to learn all the rules in order to break them. And, you know, I, I kind of lean toward that. I don't, I kind of don't like it, but I, I, I like that saying. Also, it's also important to think about just how lucky we are to be in a time where these different martial arts can um, coexist. But even, even before coexistence, just the, their availability. So that I mentioned Kenjuchiru, I didn't look it up. I remember my buddy, um, his name is uh, is Edgar, uh, tall dude. Those, those those kids that are thirteen and look twenty five. Mm. <laughs> <That was him. laughs> He's the one who told me, "Hey, I'm taking karate. You should come to my class." Um, and I remember um, he was the cliche kid that you could use it you know i would see him fight and he was using it and then i think about these moments where like i didn't research kenjuturu i just that's what was available because of that direct contact if he had been doing taekwondo i probably would be telling the story about taekwondo in 13 but i still feel very fortunate because that was accessible at a bike ride and my dad would take me after work, you know, to class. But then I keep telling you about these others that started coming around. Um, they were accessible because literally in the moment I was in, they were just walking distance. And I think for a lot of us today, we have that availability. Maybe not universally. I, I find people that tell me, I wish I could train Muay Thai, but I don't have a gym in my town or jujitsu, and I don't have a, tim in, a gym in my town. But it's surprisingly available. And I think that's what I find interesting that like we are in a moment in time where these different martial arts are able to kind of have a dialogue with one another as we jump in from one room to the other. And I think it's great that there is this huge dialogue because, you know, back in the day, you know, let's just say 50 years ago, it wasn't like this, you know, a lot of these martial arts schools uh, kept their styles secret. I remember a lot of Kung Fu schools, these, these, these Kung Fu families, they didn't, they were really tight knit and didn't want their so-called secrets to, 
you know, be spread out and stuff like that. And, you know, um, so, you know, people like, I, I saw this documentary, um, it's called The Real, the Real Miyagi, The Real Miyagi. Uh, so the martial arts master, Fumio Demura, a karate guy, he was one of the, the, one of the first people to bring uh, karate into the United States. And, you know, you know, so Sensei Demura and people like Bruce Lee, they got a lot of like criticism from, you know, traditionalists in, in Asia saying, you know, why are you teaching other people this art? And so I think it's great that, you know, we're able to experience the, you know, this, 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 the fruitfulness of like this whole, like, you know, this, this, this current day of, of, of so many styles. The change in, in, approaches i think is significant as you mentioned the idea of being fortunate to be in a time when you can kind of benefit from different styles because they have become open it is significant because i don't think that's how they started uh the the families that kept certain martial arts i think just the yeah the families that kept martial arts in in their home were taught as a family recipe almost. The way you would think about a language or a craft or or a recipe. But we don't have that. We have a commerce. So that like I know that I can enter and I can be told that I am not welcomed in their dojo. I've seen that happen. People that are just not good people or just incompatible in their energy and their intent are told by their sensei, maybe you should go somewhere else, not here. But for the most part, if you pay your fees, the sensei will teach you. That's that was that's not the beginning. That's not how martial arts began. So I, I, I think that's where we are right now. We're in a period of transformation that, I don't know, I think the philosophies are still there, but there's also this idea that like um, with our commerce, We've benefited by the by making them more available, more open, so that I do an inventory of eight styles. Um, I don't feel that I mastered eight styles. I just was introduced to eight styles and maybe do it one long enough to get a black belt. But <laughs> that's all I can say about that. Uh, but I feel fortunate because I can't express enough. I really appreciated them. I felt so lucky to know that like, my memories of, of having Sensei Bash teach me how to use the the Boken. I still try sometimes and practice it because I had someone dedicate time to correct me and give me a couple skill sets, you know? No, I mean, I, you know, there was a time I, I was training uh, Muay Thai and I did um, Filipino martial arts just for like two months and I couldn't fit it into my schedule. It was just too much. Like I couldn't dedicate my life. Um, every, every I, I couldn't dedicate every ounce of my free time to martial arts. You know, I just couldn't. And so, because um, because I wanted to learn, you know, weapons training. I wanted to learn, um, you know, the people who taught Bruce Lee, you know, weapons. And so, um, and and you know, there's so much history, you know, behind each martial arts and. I think it's great just to learn, um, just to expand our knowledges and experiences. But um, 
I, you know, I really respect that you do so many and you, you could like really like fit your time and, and just like puzzle, puzzle it all together. I think that's, that's brilliant. And like, I know this is the last bit, but I mean, you know, currently you're doing uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Muay Thai. Yeah, I, I felt, well, I, I, I was really um, looking for something that was different you know the the jujitsu I started, I don't know, probably like nine years ago, and again it's frustrating to see your progression be so slow. So that you mentioned this idea of time, that is probably the most frustrating of realities that we live in a place where time is is it's a commodity. Whether you have the economics to say that each class costs you eight hours of labor to pay one class for an hour, that means you're never gonna have enough because every eight hours of labor, so you can pay one hour of instruction in karate or whatever martial art you want, um, puts you at, at a formula that's just unattainable. But what I, I feel is that even then, um, anything you do dedicate to it um, is aggregate. It's a benefit. So I, I think jiu-jitsu, I, I've really appreciated. It's been the the hardest because it, a lot of the things that I felt I knew or that I could use as a carryover didn't work. So that when I moved from Kenjutsu to Taekwondo, the roundhouse was somewhat the same. When I went from Taekwondo back to Shotokan, the reverse roundhouse or the, the snap kick kind of worked out even Muay Thai you know my teacher corrects me on my stance too narrow too high but a kick's a kick and a punch's a punch but in jiu-jitsu there were no kicks and no punches so it was it was a it was a it was a not starting from scratch but it felt like clean slate but but you did train in judo though so were there overlaps in that yes Judo has uh, Newaza, which is their ground fighting. And in fact, Judo, the reason why I said earlier of how much appreciation many of us have toward it is that Judo, the jiu-jitsu, the modern jiu-jitsu has its history in Judo. And it's there are little battles between those fields. I can hear them sometimes. But... Um, the chokes, the, the arm bars in jiu-jitsu, judo had them. And they had them like 100 years ago. Cool. Well, I mean, we're like about out of time. But I would like to, you know, talk about, I feel like we kind of skimmed the surface of what you did. Maybe next time, you know, we can go a little bit deeper about which styles you like and, and what, you know, aspect of each one that you, you know, like to keep, you know, your, your own, your own uh, multiple martial arts uh, collection, Danny's Ultimate Martial Arts Collection. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I'm actually more curious in thinking about um, where where you kind of think about the material or the idea of practice, uh, the inventory. Like, how do you see these different martial arts? You know, like, what is your curiosity spin toward them? What What is it that you kind of feel that each one would be part of a skill set? Like, if you were putting a toolbox and you had the time, what would you take from each? You know, maybe that's what we we can kind of pick up the conversation again right there because 
um, I'm curious to see how you perceive the different martial arts and the respective directions and, and skill sets. That sounds good. Well, this has been Reroll, uh, multiple martial arts podcasts. Uh, until next time, drink water and be water. Remember to drink water and be water. <laughs> Stay hydrated. <laughs>